Welcome to the Rising Kings podcast, where we enable you to raise your standards, elevate your performance, and live to your highest order in business and in life. If you haven't already, make sure that you hit the subscribe button so you don't miss out on any feature content. Brother, before we get into today's episode, I want to invite you along to one of our free upcoming masterclasses. This is where I personally take men through our methodology, a specific step-by-step process, the system that we share here on the podcast that you hear about to help men reignite their marriages amplify their health, and boost their performance across all areas of their life. If you'd like to register and join us, simply head to risingkings.com.au forward slash masterclass. Let's get into the show. Hey, what's going on, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Rising Kings podcast. I'm your host, Michael. And of course, with me, we've got Ben Selkeld, the Rising Kings founder and director. Ben, how are you? Good, brother. Good to be here, man. Off the back of Easter, nice couple of days away with really close friends, one of the brothers out of the Legacy Brotherhood, up on his farm, man. Farm life. Farm life. A couple of days in farm life. So you guys had a good weekend, good Easter holiday? Yeah, man. It's different. You know, like I live in suburbia, you know, I work in an office, you know, the grassy patch I have out the front and out the back, that's my, <laughs> that's, that's my attempt at a farm. Whereas for the past few days, you're know, staying with Dr. Weapon and shout out to him and his beautiful wife, Kim, having us up on their farm and- Mate, you're just barefoot the whole time. You're you're on a different level up there when you're on a farm. Yeah, you know, you're really tapping into just the cycle of nature, and it's a bit unnerving when you first get there. You know, you come out of this high-paced environment that you run here in city urban living and business and kids and life, and you know, it's always it runs in a very specific routine and structure. And you come up to the farm, and it's you know, letting yourself unwind. It's a beautiful process, man. But yeah, kids had a ball. I had a ball. Chosen one had a ball. Now it's like figuring out, so are we going to go live on a farm or <laughs> where do we go from here? <laughs> and that was good. Really good. Nice, nice. You know, Easter for us here in the Philippines is completely different than it is back in the States. But kids had a great time. Got a you know chance to really spend some time with cousins. They're always so surprised how many cousins they have and it seems like every weekend lately that they're meeting a new cousin <laughs> so it's just yeah great times but uh my parents definitely are wishing uh for them to come soon so that they can spend more time with the grandkids uh you know so that's something that hopefully can happen here in, in a few weeks so but uh i'm just gonna really just jump into today's topic and i want to talk about results and excuses so over, you know, sort of Easter weekend, golf had its probably one of the biggest golf tournaments ever, right? It's called the Masters. It's held in Augusta, Georgia, very, very private club. So it's a really, really prestigious sort of, you know, golf tournament. You know, the winner for this one, this over the weekend was uh, by a Spaniard by the name of John Rom. And his hero is, is a guy named uh, Seve, Seve Ballesteros. And the crazy part was it was like Seve's birthday on Easter. It was also the 40th anniversary since Seve won it. And I was just thinking during, you know, this guy's, uh, during John's uh, press conference, like, how could he have not known? Of course, in the back of his mind, he knew that, you know, like this was his hero's, you know, special sort of birthday and, and anniversary and stuff like that. And what's crazy was, you know, they had a 40 degree weather change from the first day to the second day 
It was rained out. I think it was on Saturday. A tree had fallen. They had to stop play. It was just, it was absolutely crazy. Oh, and when man. John crazy Rahm time. started, yeah, it was, it was nuts. Like, it, like the tree just came out of nowhere, fell. Luckily, nobody was injured. They were just basically it's having like a scene out of Happy Gilmore. Yeah, I mean, it was it was nuts. They had a squeegee, like you know, certain areas of the golf tournament because like it was just you know coming down with a storm, and you know, John Rahm had absolutely no excuses. He just came out. First of all, he came out in a very very terrible position. The rest of the tournament, he just came out and kicked everybody's butt and made no excuses about it. He knew that this was a tournament that he wanted to win, had to win, and it was something that's you know very special to every you know every golfer out there. And he just came out and became a champion. And what was really for me, what was interesting and why I wanted to talk about this was he just knew in the back of his mind that this was something that he wanted to accomplish. Ever since the beginning of this year's season, he's been out on the tear. You know, winning tournaments, if not winning, he's definitely coming in, you know, top five, top 10. And that's the one thing for me. It's like most of us, you know, want to become champions in life. And I'm not talking about just a champion in sport. I'm talking about a champion in life, right? You know, being a champion in terms of your health, being a champion in terms of your relationship, being a champion in your marriage, being a champion as a father, right? Most of us want that. But most of us also you know, want and think that being a quote unquote part-time champion is going to be good enough, right? That if I show up to, you know, for my kids 50% of the time, then I'm going to be okay. If I show up to the gym, you know, 50% of the time, then I'm going to be so much healthier and live on top of the world. Or if I show up 50% of the time at home for the wife, that the marriage is automatically going to be a thousand percent better. But 50% of the time, that's, I don't think that that's good enough. So I wanted to talk about that, right? But the thing is, most of us either see the result or see ourselves given an excuse. And I feel like we've talked about excuses, self-sabotage, and all that stuff. We've beaten that dead horse to the ground. And the Rising Kings kind of guy knows that he's you know, done with excuses. He's given himself excuses the last 5, 10, 15 years, and he's sick and tired of that. And now at this point in time, He's serious about actually getting results. So I want to focus on results, okay? So one of the things that you and I have talked about is outcomes and having specific outcomes. You know, for example, when I talk to guys, it's like, well, what is it that you want to be, right? What is it that you would like to get out of the Rising Kings experience? 99% of the time, it's always, well, I want to be a better father. I want to be a better husband. I want more success. But for me, like, that's such a broad thing. Like, what does a better father actually look like? What does a better, you know, husband actually look like? What does success for you actually look like? So I guess my question to you is, why is it important to have specific outcomes in order to, you know, live out the best version of yourself? If you're unclear on the results you desire, you've got to be asking yourself the question, what am I actually doing day to day? And that's why having vision, like that's, you know, you hear a lot of people talk about it in this space. You need to understand where it is you're going, whether you call it a North Star, whether you call it a goal, whether you call it a target, an outcome, et cetera. But you have to have this, you know, understanding and visual representation in your mind of what it is you're trying to achieve. Because if you don't have that, you can't set yourself up to move in the right direction. And this is where a lot of guys go wrong. 
they don't have a clear understanding of the type of person that they or the the type of outcomes that they want to have, the results that they want to have. And so we throw around very surface level responses. I want to be a better dad, man. Okay, well, what does that look like? Well, I haven't thought that. I want to have a better marriage. Okay, well, well, let's talk about that. What does a better marriage actually look like from your point of view? I haven't really thought about it that much. This is the work to go in and actually get like, there's levels of it. You could say, hey, I've got to get crystal clear. Okay, what fucking car do I drive? What's the number plate? What's the? I think a lot of that is not necessary, but I do think you need to have an understanding of these specific results that you desire in your life. You're like, oh, I want more money. It's like, well, what's the fucking number? Hey, I want to have a better marriage. Okay, what are you doing in your marriage on a day-to-day basis that makes it better? It's that level of understanding when a man can get clear on that. And that's a lot of work because sometimes it's like analysis paralysis. Well, I don't really know. Is it this? Is it this? Is it this? It's, but it, having something is better than nothing. And so I've always forced myself, and it's interesting we're talking about this topic. We've just kicked off a brand new quarter inside Legacy with a new type of framework that uses this type of thinking, which is like, well, man, what do you actually want 90 days from now? What do you want in your marriage? What do you want as a father? What do you want in terms of your health? What do you want in terms of business? Because once you've got that, then we can move to the next stage in terms of like, okay, well, how how are we going to actually bring that into reality? But if you don't know what it is, it's not going to come about. We just keep doing the same things over and over. And we use the analogy of, you know, flying an aeroplane or hopping in a car. Like you never just get in a car, start it and start driving it and then figure out where you're going. You don't get on an airplane you know, go to the airport and just jump on a random jet and hope that it's taking you somewhere you want to go. You have a definitive outcome or desired place that you want to be. And so that's the first step. You have to spend time actually understanding what is it you actually want. And it's not, it can't just be that surface level, I just want a better marriage. I just want to be a better dad. Let me ask you this, Ben. Like when you first started working on yourself, right? You obviously, you told yourself you wanted to be a better husband. Like at that point, what was the outcome that you were actually looking for? Like what did a better husband look like from your point of view? The outcome of being a better husband looked like better connection with my chosen one. We were happier, cuddle, we talk, we open up more, we spend more time together. There's like a feeling that comes with it. Like it doesn't feel like, you know, you're coming home and you're like, oh man, you're not going to deal with the wife because she's going to be at me for this and this. Like I didn't want that. What I wanted was like a place where I'm like, that's my chosen one. I want to feel really connected with her. I want to have days and times where it's like, you know, we could just sit down and shoot the shit together. We could spend time planning out and mapping out, going on holidays, you know, with the kids, doing things, family activities, all those sorts of things. So I, that was where I first started. I was like, that's in my view, that's what a the type of marriage looked like that I wanted. So I really got scriptive around it. Like when I was doing work on my marriage, it was like these types of things, you know, like I would be open with her. I would be able to connect with her. When she asked me how my day was, I'd be willing and open to just share with that. We would go on family holidays and I wouldn't feel like, ah, you know, I don't don't really want to be here. I'd rather be doing work and all these different things. So it was like, that was like the top very, overview arching picture of what I wanted the marriage to look like. And obviously in that, you know, there's two parts of the party. There's my part and there's chosen ones. But I looked at it as a whole. Like if I could have the ultimate marriage, that's what it looked like. So I wasn't really at that stage saying, 
how do I be a better husband? That comes with part two, which we'll discuss in a minute. But the first one was like, what's the outcome look like in terms of marriage? And they're doing a similar thing around family, doing a similar thing around business, doing a similar thing around health. So you were pretty specific on when you were thinking this out, when you were sort of mapping it out, right? But when you were mapping it out in terms of, hey, I want to be a better father or a better husband, and I want to have a better relationship, and I want to have a better connection with my chosen one. Were you looking at it from what are the things that she needs to do as well? Or was it mostly like, what is it that I need to do? What is it that I need to bring to the table so that the connection or the outcome that we want is better? Well, the second part, like which I'd like to talk about is the identity. So the first part, which I just shared there before, is just like, this is the outcome. Then I would go into it and say, well, brother, what, Ben, what are you bringing to the table? What, who do you need to be as a husband to create that outcome, to create that type of marriage? And so that's where I started looking into the identity side of it because I needed to change the way I operated if I wanted that type of marriage. And that's where the identity work came into play, figuring out what are the behaviors I need to carry, what are the traits, characteristics, habits, How do I need to show up? What's the type of energy I need to bring into the marriage? What's the conversations I need to bring in? All these different things that set me on the path to where I am today from where I was before. Because previously, all these new behaviors that I'm like, well, this is the type of husband I need to be if I want that type of outcome. And then I looked at where I was and I'm like, you're not being that man today because you're not open. You're not opening up. You're not having good conversations. You're not leading the charge to say, hey, sweetheart, let's go do this. Hey, chosen one, let's go do this. And putting all those things in play. I was just the guy sitting on the sideline, the so-called husband who would go off and do work and come home and not really present and connect. Now, let me ask you this. You've worked with hundreds of guys and you know I talk to hundreds of guys every single year and stuff like that. With all of these guys that you've worked with and that I've talked to, and we can sort of share, but like, how do they usually define their current identity as a father, as a husband versus you know, who is it that they want to be? Like, how does that align to each other? Because from my end, right, and I'll, I'll share my bit real quick, who they are now and who is it that they want to be usually are pretty far from each other, right? They want to be the better husband. They know what it takes to be that better husband, but their actions are so far from that. I'm curious, like, you know, you work closer with these guys. How does that really align once they get into the Rise of Kings experience? Yeah, it's exactly like you said, man. There's a huge divide between the man they are today and the man that they, in their mind, they're like, well, this is the type of guy I want to be. The thing is, they're so we get so caught up in just day-to-day, just operating out of default mode that we know we should be doing this type of stuff in terms of our marriage, in terms of showing up for the kids and all that sort of stuff. But we get so caught up in just default mode for many different things, but it's, you know, it's comfortable. It's, we know it like the back of our hand because we've been doing it for so long and it takes a lot of effort to actually break out of it and move into the different identity. So guys who come into Rising Kings, it's exactly that. Like that's where it starts. We take them through a very specific framework to really open their eyes to, holy shit, like you're right. Like I kind of thought that was the case, but now it's like it's definitive. Like there's logical data sitting in front of them that says this is the difference between where you are and the man you actually desire to be. And the challenge with that as well is, even from my own personal experience, when you're carrying around the type of man you want, you think you want to be, but you're operating as a man who's not that, 
the thing is you trick yourself and this is where excuses come in, but you're tricking yourself because you're actually like, well, I'm kind of being that, like when you go back, back to what you said before, I'm kind of being that guy. And in your mind, you're like, well, I'm being that guy 50% of the time. The truth is it's, if you're not tracking it, you can't see the truth. And the truth is probably 5% of the time, but we trick ourselves and we're like, well, I'm kind of that guy most of the time because we're hanging on to all the, well, I did this with Chosen One last week and I did this and I did this. And it's like, you know, three or four things. But the truth is that's three or four things out of 300 things that actually went down. We just choose to ignore the parts that didn't work and we'll just grab onto the little bits to justify our identity around that. And that's where the problem occurs. And that's the thing, right? You're absolutely right. Is I think most of us, out of the thousand of things that we could have done right, we focus on just the three that we did properly or not properly, but that we did or our accomplishment. And you go, yeah, dude, I like I showed up. I did these, this, this and that over the last like five years. And all of a sudden we're like, well, how come things aren't any better? Right. And I think most of us really need to be able to wake up and just kind of realize and have that hard conversation with ourselves to go, no, you know, there's so much more opportunities that I could have had to show up as a father and as a husband. But here I am just completely not being honest with myself, with myself and just thinking that, hey, no, everything is good until all of a sudden, you know, you get that wake up call and go, oh shit, I'm not really showing up the way I should be. Absolutely, man. And that's where like the quantitative data matters because it's perception. That's how I was operating. It's like, well, I don't understand the problem. Like, I think I'm being a great dad. I think I'm being a great husband. You know, I can remember all these situations where I did this. You know, we get, we justify it during arguments with our wives. And I'm speaking on behalf of men here, but you know, like, well, I did this and I did this and I did this, and blah, blah, blah. You know, we're justifying the identity we're currently carrying. But when we stop and we finish it out and we sit and we start to digest it, we go, fuck, am, am I really? And what I mean by having quantitative data, like unless you're tracking this on a day-to-day basis, you cannot see it. It's like operating a business without numbers, data, and financials. Like, oh, I, think, I think we're making money. I think the business is going well. You know, it's like unless you're tracking these things, you have no clue. And it's no different when it comes to these types of conversations when we're looking for specific results in our life. You have to know what it is you know, that needs to be changed. And the only way to do that is to become aware of where you're currently at. Okay. I want to talk about intentions, right? We've talked about outcomes. We've talked about the identity. Let's talk about intentions. Most of us will have some sort of quote-unquote obstacle, i.e. another excuse, that is going to get in the way of us actually accomplishing our intention. And for me, having an intention means that whatever gets in my way, something is in this intention is going to keep me pushing forward. I.e., if I want to you know, be able to participate at a pro-level golf tournament, my intention to be able to live this legacy for my kids is going to push me to stay through regardless of what challenges come my way, right? Now, most guys, there is going to be an obstacle, an excuse, a situation, a challenge that's going to get them off course. And then next thing you know, three, four, five months down the road, they're going to sit there and wonder, how come I never stuck with it? How come I never continued with it? What do you say to that guy? Yeah, you, you're going to have, use the term intentions. I use leverage, commitment. It's like coming back to, you know, if we go back to the top of the discussion here around outcomes and results, 
part of the process that we've got to get good at is actually understanding, well, why do I really want that result? So when it came to my marriage, and we're talking you know, 10 years ago, I had to ask myself the question, why do you want that type of marriage? Like, Why do you want that? Because it's all good to say, hey, I want a great marriage and everything's nice and fun and we're connected and we're doing it. But like you said, man, there will be a thousand plus obstacles that hinder you or challenge you along the way to, to drive you to grow and also to test you. Well, how badly do you actually want that result or that outcome? And so if you don't have that, that true intention, that true leverage around what it is you desire to get, like why you really, really, really want it, the first obstacle that comes your way is just going to stop. Oh, well, you know, I knew this was going to happen. I tried it, didn't work. Versus if, if that's ingrained into you, right? So when it came to my marriage, I'm like, that's my marriage is my future. Like I perceive and I see me and chosen one spending out the rest of our days together. Like that's, it's our soul path. That's where we're going. Like I dug in on this so deep so that when I started to transform and I'm like, okay, I'm going to show up as a better husband. And man, I'm coming off a base over here and I'm, you know, working myself up to this new identity. You don't just flip across and all of a sudden you become the new identity. You're making a lot of challenges and mistakes because it's comfortable to stay back here. So when I'm coming home and chosen one's like, how was your day? And the, the minority part is like, oh, fuck, I can't be bothered answering this. It's like, bro, we have such a strong intention and leverage here around who this lady is in your life and why she's here and why she's asking you this. You will find a response. And that's the importance of having that intention because it's not some people will get challenges as they transform and change and you know, evolve their identity. All of us do. And they continue. There's new challenges every day. The challenges, though, you've got to look at, they're opportunities for growth. They really are. They're very fucking uncomfortable at the time. No one wants them. And we question, why is this happening to me? Why is this happening to me? It's happening to you because you're not at the level that you desire to be yet. And the other part around it with intentions is you, you have to have that persistence and patience. That's what I love about, you talk about golf. You know, I see it too. I see it in golf. I see it in Formula One. I see it in these, especially your know, individual type sports that are there. Is like the level of patience and persistence these guys have is off the charts. Like as you said there before, like some of these guys will stay in the game for fifteen plus years just to get a win, but that's so ingrained in them. They want it so badly. It's like that's their whole life becomes devoted to it. If we can take just a slice of that and inject that into marriage, inject that into fatherhood, inject that into health, inject that into the life we desire of happiness, fulfillment, joy, connection, all these pieces. Yes, the obstacles will come, but you won't give up. And that's the play of life. It's endless. It does not stop. That's Ben Sockeld, and I'm Michael, and this has been another episode of the Rising Kings podcast. Stay strong. So brother, thanks for tuning into this week's podcast. I hope you got a lot of value out of it. If you want to know more about Rising Kings, the methodology, the system, and how we do it, I highly recommend you register for one of our upcoming Rising Kings masterclasses. You can do this by heading to risingkings.com.au forward slash masterclass. 